What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. This episode might be the worst episode I've ever recorded or that I'm ever going to record. It's not done. I'm in the act of doing it. This could be the worst. I'm just throwing it out there early. That way you can just tune out. It's a great way to capture an audience right from the get-go is to tell you that this episode could be the worst ever. However, the caveat to that is if you do tune out, you might miss the most useful episode ever. How can those things coexist? They can, and they possibly will, depending on how this goes. I think it might be the worst because there's no structure. I have all of these thoughts jumbled up in my head right now, and my plan is just to get it out, fire hose to the face. There's so much shit that's swirling around in my brain, and it needs to come out verbally. So it could be all over the place. It could be very scattered. I anticipate a lot of tangents and not a lot of linear talking. So it could be very unappealing in that sense. But it also could be the most useful episode because these are thoughts that could provide a lot of value and insight and self-reflection and direction and light bulb moments because there's some there's some key things in here that I have to communicate that I think will provide very tangible takeaways and hopefully you agree. I would love to hear some feedback though. We continue to take strides forward in reaching new people and growing the audience. We're in a good place, but we're not satisfied. We want to keep growing because we're on a mission. We are on a mission to change 1 million lives. We want to impact 1 million people. The only way that we can do that is through this compounding effect of referrals. Like I, I know this to be true because it's kind of like a multiplicative equation here. If you share this with two people and then those two people share it with two people and then those two, right? So it's multiplicative. It just compounds itself. It's not like one plus one plus one, right? We're, we're multiplying by magnitudes and that's the only way to do this. And so if you share this episode, that would be amazing. If you leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and I think you can also leave ratings or reviews on Spotify as well. If that's where you listen, that would be insanely helpful wherever you listen. If you can leave a review, we would greatly appreciate it. And then the last thing you can do is take a screenshot of the episode, post it to your stories on Instagram, and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Miller. So I want to start by saying that it is okay, it is acceptable, it is reasonable, it is understandable to read something or to consume a piece of content or information and to say to yourself, you know what, this doesn't really apply to me. That's okay. It's also okay to read something and consume something and say, you know what, only this piece applies to me, but the whole thing doesn't apply to me. I think that sometimes we forget or we, we kind of overemphasize our self-importance 
And we think that everything we consume or read or listen to is speaking directly to us. And if it doesn't fully apply, we get all worked up. We get all hot and bothered. And we're like, but wait a minute. And then we have to share. We feel compelled to share why our situation is so unique. I'll give you an example. I made a post on Instagram the other day, and it just talked about some basic habits. It was like, you know, what if you took the next 30, 60, 90 days or whatever, and all you did was focus on drinking more water, walking more, lifting weights three to four times per week, uh, getting sleep and managing stress and eating and, and you ate quality foods and did not have any attachment to the outcome. Like you just focused on the actions and removed your attachment to the outcome. Like imagine what would happen if you did that. And all of these people came out of the woodworks and it, it got a lot of attention. It got a lot of eyeballs on the post. And all of these people came out of the woodworks to tell me how their situation was so unique that this particular post did not apply to them. Or they would say, well, if I did those things, then I'd no longer have a job and I'd be neglecting my children. And when you start to peel the layers back, it becomes very apparent what's happening. So I asked the question because one woman legitimately said, if I did those things, I would be neglecting my kids and I would lose my job. And I said, interesting. So tell me how drinking water and walking and getting more sleep, or, or I said, you know, tell, tell me how drinking water and walking and prioritizing your health comes at the cost of your children and your job. And she's like, well, you also mentioned lifting weights and you also mentioned getting more sleep. So dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, got it. So what you're doing is you're taking the stance of it has to be all of these things or none of these things. And you have no ability to take the information that applies to you and disregard the rest. Why do we feel the need to think in terms of black and white for everything? It's all or nothing. It's this or that. It's black or white. And it's, it's kind of a rhetorical question. I know why we do that. It's a cognitive bias. We are all inherently biased that way. It is something that we're born with. But we should also have awareness around the fact that that's how we operate. Humans operate in these black and white methods of thinking, all or nothing, this or that, right? You're either, a, you're either left or right. You're Democrat or Republican. You're conservative or liberal. You're, you know, it's, you're, you're carnivore or vegan. Like the, we constantly put people in boxes with labels and it's never, we, you know, yin and yang. The, the, the thing with yin and yang is that there is this gray area. It's, it's never one thing or the other thing. There's always a spectrum. There's always a spectrum. And sometimes we have to be able to take the information that applies and do what we can. Like imagine if instead of taking that stance that this particular woman took, what if she was like, you know what? Some of these things are really challenging given my life and my work schedule and whatever demands you have, but I can actually walk more and I can actually drink more water. So I'm going to focus on just those two things. 
Do you know how much of a difference those two things would make over a long period of time? It would be astronomical. It may not feel like it, but compound that over years, and you're talking about a huge difference. Today was, was an example for me as to really what happens when things become ingrained into your lifestyle. Today was a day where I woke up feeling like crap. I just was a zombie. In fact, before I came in to record this, I was just having a conversation with Mel and I was like, today has been really strange for me. I haven't felt like myself. I I woke up, I thought I slept okay, but I woke up and I I couldn't open my eyes. I almost felt like I was a little bit sick. And I know I've been battling this kind of, you know, maybe I'm sick, maybe I'm not type of feeling for a while, but I'm just, I've just felt like a zombie and I'm just kind of going through the motions. And what stuck out to me was that I went to work out and I almost didn't realize how I got to the gym. And like, I don't know if you've ever done that before where you're, where you're like going through the motions and it's such a routine that you end up in a place and you're like, oh, I don't actually even really remember like, you know, you did it, but you're like kind of disconnected from the action of doing it. And I'm like, huh, I just, I don't feel it today. I feel kind of crappy and I'm kind of a zombie, but like somehow my body just knew to get me to the gym. And that's, I was like, that's crazy because it's so ingrained in my routine that it doesn't take any mental energy. It doesn't take that much thought or consideration. It just happens on autopilot. So imagine doing that with walking, with strength training, with managing stress, with sleep, with food quality, with how much you're eating, all of these things with your mental health, emotional health. Now, instead of thinking about everything that I just listed, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. In fact, it's way more beneficial to just focus on one thing at a time and then Once that thing becomes automatic, then take on the next thing. So for for all of these people that that they consume the content and read something or listen to something, and they're like, well, I can't do all of these things, so none of this applies. Like, just take a minute and step back and think about that biased approach of black or white, all or nothing, and maybe try to focus on what you can do. Because- There's a lot of things that you have no control over. There are a lot of things that you cannot control. And if you put all of your energy into those things, it is going to be insanely frustrating. You are going to drive yourself nuts. Think about it. If all of your mental energy and focus and attention goes into the things you can't control, it is going to drive you up a wall. It may already be happening. Here's the thing. We all have the same amount of time every single day. And we have a limited amount of attention and focus that we can pour into things. So if we're taking that limited amount of attention and focus and we're pouring it into things that we can't control, we are destroying ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally. On the flip side, if we take that limited attention and focus and we pour it into the things that we can control, even if that's only one or two things, it is a way more positive approach to actually 
make progress. So that was the first thing. Understanding that certain things don't apply. Like I am admittedly someone that still falls into the black or white thinking, the all or nothing thinking. I have to constantly check myself. So I'm certainly not coming at this from a standpoint of thinking that I'm better. I struggle. We all do. This is an inherent bias that we all have. Let's be aware of it. In fact, in therapy recently, I had this conversation where I recognized certain patterns that my therapist helped me to see, which is why I believe in investing in help, coaches, therapists, mentors, courses, programs, because you have blind spots. So I had a person who helped me identify where I was being very polar in my words and thoughts, black or white, all or nothing. So I identified that and I made a change. Even in a recent post that I made, I talked about 1,200 calories and basically said, nobody should ever be eating 1,200 calories or less. And Mel challenged me on that. She's like, that's, that's very like black and white. It's very much kind of like drawing a line in the sand. And you know, we had a whole conversation around it. She's like, I understand why you say that, but it also is very black and white. And I agree. And in that post, I even said, like, there are going to be exceptions. For the most part, most people should not be eating that little. Um, and I, I do agree. I agree with her perspective. And I also agree that most people should not be eating that little. Um, the bottom line is, if you are somebody who does require 1200 calories or less because of, you know, maybe you're very petite and you're inactive and you don't do a lot uh, in terms of movement or training or anything like that. And that's just what your body needs. Amazing. Then, then the post about 1200 calories or less doesn't apply to you. And that's okay. Sometimes we just have to filter things through this lens of what applies and what doesn't, how can I extract something from this um, or, you know, maybe you look at it and you say, you know what, right now, given my current situation, I'm not really eating as much as I think I potentially could. So maybe I'm going to challenge myself to improve my metabolic capacity and try to be able to build more muscle and eat more food without gaining weight. Like you can, you can take things and make it a goal along those same lines the goal shouldn't necessarily be the outcome. The goal should be the actions that get you to the outcome. So one thing that James Clear says in his book, Atomic Habits, is that winners and losers all have the same goals. We all want the same things. It doesn't make anyone special to have goals. Setting goals, it doesn't make you special. It makes you just like everybody else. We all have the same goals. Everybody wants more money, more fitness, right? You want better health, uh, better relationships. Uh, you want whatever, better growth as a person. You want more self-actualization. If we're going to go by Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you want more connection. You want to feel valuable and you want to feel like you contribute to society, right? There, we all have these goals, whether that's to, to make a million dollars, to lose 20 pounds, to have a six pack, to build more muscle, right? None of your goals are special. The difference is that 
winners focus on the actions that lead to the goals. And this is according to James Clear. So if you haven't read the book, Atomic Habits, I highly recommend it. Um, and oftentimes losers focus solely on the goal and not the tasks and habits and actions that it takes to get there. So it's more of a pipe dream of, yeah, I want this thing, but they don't make the goal, the, the actions that would lead to the outcome. They focus so much on the outcome, which to be fair, like the outcome is largely out of your control to a certain extent. You can control the actions and habits. You can't really control the exact outcome. So let's say somebody sets a goal. We'll just use the money goal because it's an easy one to conceptualize. Let's say somebody sets a goal of making a million dollars. And they're so focused on the outcome. And they end up making $800,000 that would be a failure by their standards because they didn't reach the outcome. And, and honestly, in those situations, they often sabotage. So they often blow what they did earn and end up broke again because they feel like a failure because they've attached their success to this very specific number. So they couldn't quite control. They, they did things that worked, but they couldn't quite control the exact number. But because they were so outcome focused, they see themselves as a failure and then they blow themselves up and sabotage the success that they did have. On the flip side, you have a person who has a goal of making a million dollars, but their goal is now I'm going to focus on the actions and habits that lead to the outcome. So the goal becomes, did I do the actions and did I continue doing those actions over and over and over again? And if that person ends up at $800,000, they're not stopping and they're not losing it because every single day they're continuing to do the actions and habits and check those boxes because that is the goal that they're focusing on. They're focusing on the controllables. I've been really into tennis lately, both playing and watching. Um, I had a great time watching the U.S. Open, both men's and women's. And I've been playing way more tennis than I have in about 15 to 20 years and absolutely loving it. Things are getting very serious. I bought a new racket or I'm getting a new racket and I bought some new tennis shoes and just absolutely loving being back on the court. While I was watching the U.S. Open, um, I started to pay attention to, to some of the commentary by a lot of the the athletes, the players. And there was one post-game, post-match interview that stood out to me. And uh, he was actually in the finals, the men's finals. His name is Kasper Rude, R-U-U-D. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation. Kasper Rude. And he won his semifinal match to get into the finals, and he was being interviewed. And they were talking about, like, you know, the expectation of, you know, each match and uh, he's a highly ranked player. And it was like, you know, what, what do you kind of expect from yourself going into a semifinal and you have a chance to play in the U S open finals for the first time. And, you know, it's such a big stage. And he was like, you know, I prepare and I expect to win every match. But at the end of the day, I know that hopefully 
in my career, I have hundreds of matches left. As long as I stay healthy and as long as you know nothing tragic happens, I have hundreds of matches left. So if the result doesn't go my way that day, it's okay. I have plenty of other opportunities that are just around the corner. And I was like, holy shit, this is a kid that absolutely gets it. Like, think about that. I actually have chills right now as I'm, as I'm retelling this story because it is such a profound mindset. Think about when you screw up on a weekend. And if you thought to yourself, you know what? I have hundreds and thousands of more weekends, hopefully, to get it right. It's okay that the result didn't go my way this time. I'm going to continue to learn, right? Just like a tennis player, after they lose a match, what do they do? They assess their game. What weaknesses did my opponent expose? Where can I get better? What do I need to practice on? What do I need to emphasize and practice this coming week and month and year? Michael Jordan was, no, was, was you know, famous for this. He would, every offseason, he would assess the weakest part of his game and try to make it a strength. Everyone criticized him for not being a good defender, and then he became one of the best defenders in the league. Anytime he had a weak spot in his game, that was his focal point. So think about that mindset. You go, you go through a weekend, and again, this kind of comes back to the all or nothing thing. You're like, oh, this weekend didn't go as planned. The outcome wasn't what I expected. So what do you do? You beat yourself up. Instead of looking at it as I have all of these other weekends to get a better result, I have so many other matches right in my career, hopefully, it's okay that this result didn't go the way the outcome wasn't what I wanted because I can prepare better for the next weekend, for the next match. So what this all boils down to, hopefully, you understand where, what I'm getting at, but there's one single thing, one thing, one word that is destroying your progress. One single word. Can anybody guess it? There's one word that is absolutely destroying your progress. It starts with an E and is expectations. Your expectations are destroying your progress because your expectations are to do everything perfectly, to do all the things all the time. Your expectations are based off of the outcome. Your expectations are based off of a timeline, an arbitrary timeline that you have set for yourself that results need to happen by X date. And typically that X date is like tomorrow. Because we know damn well, if the scale is not down tomorrow, you're pissed off. We know that if the scale is not down in a week, you're pissed off. We know that if you go a month and God forbid, there's not some dramatic transformation, you're pissed off. Your expectations are killing your progress. What if you said to yourself, hey, I have the, these goals and the goals are related to the actions and habits that I need to hit. But yes, there's an outcome that I would love to achieve. Whatever that outcome is, 20 pounds, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, more muscle, better health, longevity, 
better relationship with food doesn't matter what the goal is. Let's say you have the outcome, you know, you're going to focus on the actions. Imagine if you were like, instead of needing this to happen in the next six months or 12 months, what if I gave myself 10 years? Like, actually, what if I gave myself 10 years? How would your mindset change? How would your day-to-day mindset change? How would your actions change after, let's say, a weekend that doesn't go your way or a, or a day that doesn't go your way or a week that doesn't go your way or a month that doesn't go your way? You've got 10 years. You've got five years. What if you set the timeline to something that was more appropriate to the long-term change you say you want? Your expectations are killing your progress because you want it now, you want it immediately, and there's a very clear outcome that you expect. Instead of focusing on what you can control, you're putting a lot of your energy into the outcome that you can't control. Largely, like, again, you can pick a number, you can say, I want to lose 20 pounds, but what if you only lose 15? Is that a failure? I would say no. Because if you are focusing on the actions, it doesn't stop from there, right? You hit this this benchmark, you hit this milestone, but if you're so focused on the actions and habits, it doesn't stop, you keep going. It becomes automatic. So you go well beyond that. If you're thinking in terms of months, that's probably not serving you. If you're thinking in terms of years, five years, 10 years and beyond, you're going to have a very different approach. Your mindset is going to be very different. You're going to be able to turn the page quickly. If you think to yourself, I have have hundreds of matches left in my career. I've got hundreds of weekends left. I've got hundreds of social events. I've got, you know, and whether that's true or not, it doesn't matter. It's the mindset of knowing that I can learn and I can adapt and I can play another round. I can play another match. So those short-term expectations, that expectation of the outcome is killing your progress. And there's a reason why I only partner with companies who share the same approach and the same philosophy. And I don't think that there's anybody doing it better than Cured. Cured is on an absolute mission to change the supplement industry for the better, to get rid of the bullshit and the nonsense that's out there. And we know there's a lot of it. And they're not saying, we need this done tomorrow. They're they're saying, hey, let's focus on the actions that we can take that will ultimately lead to our big dream outcome. But I guarantee you, if I brought Joe back on the podcast and asked him, what's your timeline? He's not going to tell me that it needs to be done tomorrow. But he's going to take the action steps that need to happen over time to ultimately achieve that dream outcome. And I'm going to say it right now, Cured, their Serenity Gummies, if you have not tried them, do yourself a favor and get you some. Like, seriously, this is just flat out, yes, they are a sponsor of the show. Yes, we give you a discount. Yes, you can go to curednutrition.com, use code POPFAM, and you can get yourself a discount on the Serenity Gummies. I am saying this from the standpoint of they are the single best product on the market right now, hands down. When it comes to calming you down, removing anxiety, removing stress, and helping you get into a better 
wind down routine and, and having more quality sleep, the Serenity Gummies by Cured are hands down the best out right now. I'm saying that flat out truth. Uh, I was actually talking to my sister. We had dinner with my family last night and my sister is a big fan of Cured as well. And um, she takes their CBD and she takes their Zen. And I told her, if you haven't tried the Serenity Gummies, you have to do that. She's like, well, I really like the Zen and it's helping me sleep better. I'm like, amazing. Keep doing that. Add the Serenity Gummies. It will change your life. Um, I also take their Rise product before I do something like podcast or if I have a big day of work, calls, things like that. Um, if I have a busy calendar, I'll always take Rise in the morning to help me focus. Um, so just go to curednutrition.com. Use code POPFAM, P-O-P-F-A-M, um, for your discount. Try the gummies. Try their Zen Caps, Try the Rise. Try their CBD. You can't go wrong with any of their products. But if you're like, I need the one, what's the one? Go with the Serenity Gummies. Um, but yeah, you know, the expectation even even with something like supplements like the expectation just take it focus on the action and then after 30 days assess what you noticed what happened in these 30 days i felt more calm and less anxiety and less stress and i was sleeping better amazing i should probably keep going with this action because it's helping me so you assess you don't go in and you don't think to yourself well i'm going to take this product and it's going to magically fix everything overnight. I know that some of you have that expectation. You're like, well, it did. I, you know, I talked to somebody who was like, well, I tried you know, the product. It didn't work. And I was like, and, and I can't remember what product it was, but this was a little while ago. Um, and I was like, well, how long did you take the product for? And she was like, well, two days. I was like, huh, I don't, I don't think that's really enough time. Like sometimes we have the expectation that we're supposed to take a product and it's going to magically fix us in a day. Like give it some time, focus on the action, not the outcome, focus on the action, do it consistently and then assess. And then you can make an informed decision. So hopefully that makes sense. But that is literally the number one thing that is destroying your progress. It's your expectations. So we have to you know, there's a few things that I hope are like the main takeaways. Number one, recognize when you are slipping into that black or white thinking, that all or nothing thinking. It's a cognitive bias that we all have. So don't feel bad. Just recognize when it's happening. Also recognize when you're not allowing yourself to focus on what you can do and you're so focused on what you can't do. Look, all of your excuses are valid. This is me validating all of your excuses your time, your finances, your work, your family life, all of the shit that you have going on that makes things a little bit more challenging. It's all valid, but that doesn't mean it has to stop you. You can focus on the things that you can do, even if your situation is so crazy that you have no more time to fit in anything else. That's still doesn't prevent you from doing something that can move you forward. There's always something you can do. So focus on what you can do. Third thing, focus on the actions, not the outcome. So, you know, your, your goals don't make you special, right? Winners and losers, they have the same goals. Your goals don't make you special. 
It's the ability to focus on the actions and habits that make you special because that's what allows you to follow through and sustain those results. And the last thing is your expectations. Stop thinking that everything needs to change tomorrow. Start thinking in terms of years, long game. How would that change your mindset? How would that change your approach? If you had hundreds of matches left to play, which hopefully you do, how does that change your approach when you make a mistake or when you make a poor decision or where the week gets away from you? Think about that. I hope that makes sense. I hope this was helpful. If it was, please let me know. I would love to hear some feedback. I appreciate you all, and I will talk to you all very soon.